0: All right, it's time for the Wrestling Perspective podcast. On the Wrestling Inc. podcast, I guess we'll call it a network for now, uh, if you're a Wrestling Inc. fan, you, you, you know about the website, but maybe you only watch the Wrestling Inc. videos on their YouTube channel. But did you know they have an iTunes and Stitcher feed where you can get more than just the Monday Night Reviews and the SmackDown Reviews? You can get this podcast and some other news hits each day. So go over to Stitcher, iTunes, and if you're iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Twitter, Facebook, join it so you know everything that's going on with Wrestling Inc. Guess what? It's Petey Williams and Dennis Farrell time. What's up, Petey?
1: Oh, Dennis, not much. What's going on, man?
0: Man, Listen, I gotta tell you, uh, in full disclosure to the fan base, we're pre-recording this week because I'm going to Las Vegas for the first time. Have you ever been? To Vegas? Yeah.
1: got married to my first wife in Vegas.
0: Oh, Jeez, wow. You
1: know what? We might as well start off with a story that uh, I, you know, I, I didn't even remember until now. So um, my first wedding, Vegas, Paris Hotel. Um, listen to the guys that were at my wedding. Okay. Uh, Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, the, the Motor City Machine Guns.
0: <laughs> I'm done there.
1: Um, Sanjay Dutt.
0: Is he really uh, as cheap as people say?
1: Uh, <laughs> yes, oh. absolutely. Um, we'll get we'll get to him in a second because he's back on TNA and uh, it, it's awesome. I, I love Sanjay. Um, so Sanjay da, uh, Jay Lethal, um, AJ Lee, CM Punk's wife. Huh. She was dating. Yeah, she was dating Jay Lethal at the time.
0: Wow! I really. Yeah,
1: I know. I I know. Right. So. Um, Eric young, <laughs> So I mean this and we I only had like maybe 30 to 50 people at my wedding and it's probably like 30 or something. But what happened was is, uh, I think I got married on a Friday mm-hmm. and then the next night, Saturday night, I had to take a red eye to New Jersey cause we had a pay-per-view. So, um, the, the Sunday morning. So, you know, I had to dye my hair and this is back when I had the blonde hair. So for my wedding, I had to dye it. Um, back to my brown color, and it looked like not a natural brown color. It was almost like brown with yellow or blonde highlights. And then I had to dye it like three times. I was just killing my hair to get it dyed and back um, for the pay-per-view the next day pretty much. So, uh, yeah, fun times at the wedding. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. And, and, Forgot all about that.
0: And I, I'll throw this out there, and you probably don't want it, but your ex in – was it Samoa Joe's or like best friends
1: um Samoa Joe my ex-wife I met my ex-wife through Samoa Joe um his wife girlfriend at the time but now they're they're married uh was roommates with uh uh my ex-wife so we met through I met through Joe yeah just in Cali one day and it just so happened does uh yeah it turned out
0: does Joe's woman hate you now
1: uh, probably. Okay. Probably. So, you know, Joe probably hates me too. No. <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe probably doesn't even care. Um, he,
0: does <laughs> yeah, he even no, know you're I, still I, I alive?
1: Still, you know, I mean, I, I don't think there's any hard feelings, you know? Life happens and everybody moves on, right?
0: I, I think so. Unless yeah. you have an ex-wife. I have an ex-wife and wife didn't move on.
1: Yeah. I so. mean, it's got it. You got no choice.
0: Let's talk about something in the news today and not just today, but kind of recently, and it's bullying and hazing and wrestling you You always hear the stories, the locker room talk the the ribbing is i guess the the guys would say i'm not I'm not down with the whole wrestling lingo stuff, so I still feel like an outsider as I kind of learn it in but is, were you ever part of that on on either side
1: um well ribs? Like I mean, we used to rib each other all the time. I mean, you're traveling with these guys multiple times a week, and the best rib I had pulled on me, it', it, it was nothing that hurt me or anything like that. It was just so creative and so well done that i i I, I was very, very impressed. Um, so I used to travel with um I, I think I was Ruben with Ruben with Sabin. We had one room and another room was like a one and Alex Shelley. Uh, Sanjay Doug, wh- whoever, right? And so we went, Sabin and I went to the gym. And then as we're walking back from the gym up the hall, Alex Shelley calls them. And they're just BSing. And then Saban puts the key in the door, opens it. And this is Orlando now. <laughs> so the air conditioning is always running in there, but it's full blasted heat. And as soon as Sabin opens the door, he looks at me. He's like, dude, did you leave the heat on? And I go, hang up the phone. I said, they ribbed us right now, okay? Hang up the phone. <laughs> so he hangs up the phone, and he's like, he's like, oh, man, let's see what else they did. And so th- they took, like, all our towels and stuff and then put these, like, uh, you know, pamphlets for, like, SeaWorld. They made them wet and put them all on our floor and stuff like that. And they did all this stuff to our room. And uh, so I'm like, okay, good one, right? And then we go, we go to their room. Hours go by, but they asked us. They said, hey would you guys would you guys find in your room and we told them all the things we found they're like that's it we're like yep <laughs> and we left it at that so then i had to go back through them you know i had to check them with my uh with my wife and i sit down on the bed oh no and it was so hard what they did was they flipped the back the box spring with a mattress and then remade the bed <laughs> i'm like oh my god they put so much effort into this <laughs> this is this is awesome and uh, I just went back into the room, I'm like, wow. I'm like, you guys are good, man. That was a good one. And Sam was like, what? What'd they do? And I'm like, just, just go to our room and see if you can figure it out. And he, he figured it out. But, man, that was good. Flipping the box spring with the mattress and remaking the bed. They were probably expecting us to, like, I don't know, come home all drunk and stuff like that. And just, I don't know, I guess, like, swan dive onto uh-huh. the bed. They're going to be like, oh. It didn't happen like that, though. That's so good. Yeah, but bullying, um. I don't really you know, I was not really bully I'd mean the closest thing I had to bullet not I wouldn't even call it bullying but um I had a match with a Booker T one time Booker T and Scott Steiner and it's not so much a bully but like when you're in a ring with a bet you you do what they say mm-hmm. you know you're not gonna uh you're not gonna
0: big time
1: be, oh yeah that exactly that big time word again so I remember it was me and Eric Young versus Scott Steiner and Booker T. And uh, I think his name was Shane Sewell was the referee. And he was like a different type of ref. He was like a ref like turning into a wrestler. So he had a feud with Booker T. And I had a feud with Scott Steiner. And Eric Young was like kind of in the match, you know, because him and I are buddies. And it was like an elimination tag match. And I remember we're putting together the match and I thought it was humorous because Eric Young's like, yeah, you know, uh, I, I was thinking we could do this, this, and this, and, you know, that would be cool if we did this, this. And Booker T's like, hold on, let me stop you right there. You see, me and Shane, we got, like, this feud thing going on, and, and, and Petey and Scotty, they have their thing going on, and you, you're like a pawn right now. And I'm like, dude, he did he just call him a pawn? What? Oh, that's kind of like a, a like big time in somebody right now so I was like all right so I know Booker T he, he's old school he doesn't like to call a lot of things beforehand and I could work old school I'm cool with that right and I, I just said to Booker T I said hey man I said whatever you want to do just let me know and I'm cool with it and he goes well I don't know how much you weigh or anything but I'm not gonna be picking you up or anything like that and I'm like what, I, <laughs> what? like what's that have to do with anything but um, so we get out there for the match and, you know, they eliminate Eric Young and the finish was supposed to be, you know, they're teaming up on me and Steiner's supposed to pin me. That, that, that's the storyline. Steiner's pinning me. And then Booker T's in the ring with me. He gives me his finishing axe kick, pins me one, two, pulls me up. And then, what? He, he, yeah, yeah. Which is fine. Cause that's what was supposed to happen. And I'm telling him, I'm like, you know, tagging Steiner, you know, let's go to the finish. Let's go to the finish. She's like, okay, let's go to the finish. So he kicks me again, gives me the axe kick, and tells the ref, he's like, this is it. And I'm like, and the ref's counting three. He's like, this is, this is it? He's like, yeah, this is it. One, two, three. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not kicking out of his finishing move. I'm like, yeah, all right, you, you guys can deal with this later. And uh, I think uh, Jeff Jarrett was kind of, uh, kind of pissed about the whole situation. Uh, I think he was asking Booker T, like, why'd you pin him? You weren't supposed to pin him. That's not how it was set up and stuff. And we're in the back, and it was kind of silent. Me and Eric Young are just getting undressed out of, our, out of our wrestling gear. And we're not even saying anything to each other because we're like, man, that was brutal. Like, <laughs> like, what can we say? And Jim Cornette comes in our locker room. He was the agent for our match. And he, I, I've never seen Jim Cornette at a loss of words before, ever. Ever. And he comes in, he's like scratching his head. And he's cool. He's him and Han. And he's like, you know, I, I, I just really don't know what to say. I, I'm trying to give you guys some positive feedback to make <laughs> yourselves not look like jobbers. But I just, and I said, hey, you know, we, and he goes, I know, I know. I know you were just listening to them in the ring. That, that's that's fine. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. And Jim Cornette walked out, nothing. Like he, he, he had no words to say to us. He, he had no input. He couldn't think of anything. And that's the first time I ever seen um, Cornette at a loss uh, loss of words so that that's that's kind of like a little bit of a bullying it, it, I, I never got beat up by anybody or, or taken advantage of i would say but when you're in the ring with a, a vet you, you kind of gotta listen to them you know they're you're at their mercy kind of so that that's kind of like a bullying aspect but that's almost like a respect thing too but they they still shouldn't make you look like a like a jobber in the ring you know
0: and clearly, you were not a jobber at that point.
1: No, I mean, we I had a storyline with Scott Steiner. You know, like, I was wrestling him on a pay-per-view. So, yeah, definitely not a jobber.
0: You've worked with Russo and Cornette. How awesome yeah. is that? I mean, well, I know they hate each other, but how awesome was that for you, though?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, as a, as a kid, you know, watching Cornette and then Russo, you know, used to... Well, I used to watch him, too, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, writing some of the best storylines on TV and all that kind of stuff. So that was pretty cool, especially when, uh, okay, here I have a Russo story for you. So uh, Russo got hired by us, and he was going to be our head writer. And whenever there's a new head writer, the talent in the locker room kind of feel uneasy because you're like, what's he going to do with me?
0: Right, you who's know, his guy?
1: going this one direction. Is he going to? not use me or whatever. So um, we had our first ever pay-per-view outside of Orlando. It was in uh, at the CompuWare Center that used to be around in Plymouth, Michigan. And, you know, it holds about 4,000 and it was packed. And I asked Russo, and at the time I had just moved to Orlando. And I asked Russo, I said, hey, you know, I just want to talk to you about some you know, storylines, character, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And he kind of gave me the blow-off. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, just stop by the studio and we'll we'll talk when I have a chance. Yeah,
0: bro, come on, bro, bye later, bro.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, well, okay. So um, Jerry Lynn was an agent at the time, but still wrestling, and we had this uh, battle royal, everybody, or it's like a Royal Rumble-type battle royal, uh, X Division, everybody. Somebody new comes out every minute and a half or minute, whatever it was. And Jerry Lynn was like, listen, man, we need somebody good at for number 20. Um, that's the good news. That's going to be you. But the bad news is, is you're not going to be in there that long. And I'm like, that's fine. So the my music hits the old team Canada music and the place goes nuts. Like I was shocked. And well, then I go of... in there, I do my little bit, bit, bip. go for the destroyer, you know, I get out of it. And then I hit the destroyer and place is going nuts and then I get eliminated. And then I'm like, OK, good. This went well. And then I'm watching the rest of the show from the curtains and Russo comes up to me and he's like, Petey, how's it going, man? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> and this is the same day. And I'm like, good. He's like, you know what, man? He's like, uh, I really I stop by the studio tomorrow at tvs you know I, I i have some good ideas for you i think that if if we just have you embrace america we can really do something with you you know like get, get you a good baby face run and i'm like uh okay like awesome you know and we, we did that little storyline for a while it didn't work out but i mean that's what it takes usually when new bookers come in they don't really know our product like 100 percent it's it would be hard to but you know he knows the guys he worked with in WCW and stuff and he's like who's this Petey Williams guy so he was watching the show and the place has a good reaction for me and he was like man this guy is really something okay maybe we could do something with this guy so that was kind of my saving grace with uh, Vince Russo and then uh, he put me in a storyline with LAX and stuff and you know he was high on me for a bit but then when I did the American gimmick it just wasn't natural like I'm I played anti-America pro Canada for years and all of a sudden I'm like hey America here I am like I just, it, it's not natural and then uh then I was off TV for like six months and we came with that Maple Leaf muscle gimmick and he loved it and <laughs> I remember as soon as I started that Maple Leaf muscle gimmick I had a match with like Road Dog and Chris Daniels and Steiner it was like a four-way match and then Russo is telling me before the match, he's like, listen, I heard your promo in the back. It was good, but that promo has to transition with your character in the ring. So a lot of pressure, right? Mm-hmm. So I do the match. I, I interact with Steiner a little bit in the match. And then I go to the back and Russo pulls me aside. He's like, come here. And I'm, I'm thinking he's pissed. And he goes, why didn't you tell me Earlier you could be doing this stuff. Oh my god, man, I think we could do like a storyline with you and Steiner and have you guys team up and blah, blah, blah. and I'm like whew. I'm like <laughs> thank goodness. But um uh yeah, I mean it was great working with Russo. Um until you know, he decided that it was his call for him to release me from my contract and I'm like, geez. So I mean that's the wrestling business though.
0: What was his reason? Um, did he <laughs> even funny. call? Did he even call you, or was it like an email? No,
1: Terry Taylor called me. So, um, at the time, they did a storyline with me getting written off TV for a little bit. I don't know why. Um, probably because they were doing the main event mafia, and, and Steiner was in that. And then I was like in the opposing front line that was feuding with the main event mafia. Mm-hmm. But then me and Steiner, me and Steiner are still boys, you know. So we had to kind of explain that. So. You know, they, they had Steiner beat me up and throw me off of a a ladder or something or backstage, whatever it was. So I was off TV for a little bit and I'm like, ah, you know, my contract's coming up. I'm like, I'm not doing the Steiner angle anymore with a blonde hair. I'm like, what now? But then I they get called back to TV. I feud with Steiner and stuff. And, and Terry Taylor, who is a talent relations director, says, you know, he comes up to me, he goes, they want to. We want to resign you we want to renew your contract. and I'm thinking like, great, awesome, you know talk to my agent. everything was going good and then out of nowhere he calls me up like a, I think they had like maybe two and a half months to resign I me mean, a month later. he calls me up and I'm we just got home from uh, I think I did motion capturing in LA for our video game mm-hmm. and I was sleeping. And he was like, yeah, we decided not to renew your contract. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we're in negotiations right now. And he's like, yeah, you know. And he hit me with a line like, you know, we just got nothing for you. Now, that's what they always say in wrestling. Mm -hmm. We got nothing for you. And I used to take that as like, okay, sure. But let's go to like a TV show like Seinfeld. Do you think the writers of Seinfeld would say, you know – um? the Elaine character, we got nothing for you. So we're going to write you out of the show. Hell no. They're going to get new writers to write for Elaine. You know? So, I mean, I always found that really odd when they say we got nothing for you. I think it's just like, Hey, you know, we don't want to use you anymore. But, um, at the time for the X division, I was one of the highest paid, I think I was the highest paid X division guy on the roster. So they were probably thinking like, uh, you know, we got to make some budget cuts and all this kind of stuff. And, um, They said when Terry Taylor called me on the phone, he said, listen, you're going to do the pay-per-view match with Steiner and then you're going to do TV tapings. We'll we'll pay you the rest of your contract out. Just please do not tell anybody you're released until the day you leave. And I'm like, "Uh, okay, you know, and then my last match was me and uh, Eric Young versus Bobby Roode and James Storm and whoever gets pinned like gets fired from tna or something like that Mm -hmm. and i'm telling them they're like what do you what are they doing are they repackaging you and i had to tell them before the match i'm like listen guys they're not resigning me this is my last match and they're like shut up stop messing around like people couldn't fathom the idea that they were releasing me and i'm telling the roster this and they're like stop stop messing around man why are you messing with this are they just repackaging you and i'm like no man this is my last match they're releasing me and that that i think started everything like then shortly after like sanjay got released and everybody was just getting released and now they have the roster that they have you know they're getting those guys back and stuff because i feel that's when the product was good when you had you know the the roster we had when i was working there
0: wow that's an interesting story i remember seeing that match on youtube
1: yeah yeah i mean that was what was i forgot to tell you this um It was it was good because at at the end it was very emotional because you know, I've worked there for five years and stuff and you know, you you grow close, it's kinda like you're a family with the boys and stuff and you travel with them and you see them a lot and now all of a sudden you're gonna be jobless the next day. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the back I, I I come I come up the ramp and then you gotta walk downstairs when you go to the backstage. And I just see like a good majority of the roster just standing there, and I look down and they're like give me a clap, you know, like the, the the roster. And I'm like, I'm like, wow. I, I don't think anybody's had a send off like that, like when they get released. So just because I, I think that the boys respect me, like I, I work so hard. Um, I was a company man. I did what they told me to do, just because it's their company and I'm their talent. Right. Uh, but I mean, that that was pretty emotional too. That I got the send off like that. Um, So the tears
0: were weird. The tears were real out there.
1: Yeah. Wow. And that was just knowing. I mean, think about it. Like, uh, how old how old was I when that happened? I was probably in my late 20s or something. Since I was like five, six years old, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. And you know, then when it when it came to light, like I, I worked my entire life. That's that's my goal. That's my dream. So, when you have a dream and you're actually living your dream, and then all of a sudden it gets taken away from you for no reason, you know, something happens to you inside. You're like, whoa, you know, I worked so hard for this my entire life and now it's gone.
0: I know that feeling.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people know that feeling. Um, But, you know, it it is what it is. Um, I like where I'm at now. And I, I wouldn't change my wrestling career, and anything I did in it for for nothing.
0: Did, did negotiating contracts? Did you ever have advice from anybody, or did did you guys? Did you any of the talent ever talk to you about you know when you were negotiating?
1: Um, no, Well, you know, like one guy, and I thought it was kind of over the top, but I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That was Shane Douglas. Ooh, um, really? Yeah, uh, Shane Douglas. He was one of our agents, and uh, you know, he gave me some advice, and I, I thought it was weird. But then I was like, you know what? That totally makes sense. Uh, he said, "Listen, if if you get signed by them, you know, hit them up for like five times the amount you're making now." And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'd be lucky if I see like a ten percent raise, um, maybe fifteen, but five times what I'm making now. I'm like, I don't think that'll happen. He's like, no, yeah. He says it can happen. If they truly want you, they'll pay you. And then once they pay you that money, they're going to want to get that return on investment from you. So they're going to be putting you on TV and pushing you and making you the face. So they got no choice. If they have invested all that money in you, they got to use you. And I'm like, well, oh. I'm like, that's, that's a really good point. Now, mind you, I don't think that they would have paid me that. They would have probably laughed in my face and stuff. But – look at it. AJ probably did the same thing before he left. He was probably like, Hey, I want this money. You're paying Hogan this money and I'm working harder than him and whatever. And they probably said no. And they laughed in his face, but look where he's at now, you know, getting paid money and they're big money and they're using him all the time. So it it makes sense. You know, if you ask for a little bit, they're like, ah, we don't have a big investment in him, So what do we care? If If you, if you're, if they have a lot invested in you, then they're gonna have no choice but to use you. Kind of like when uh, when Batista came back, mm-hmm. you know they they were pushing him and nobody wanted to to see him, but they were pushing him and pushing him probably because they were paying him big money in WWE, and they're like we have to get that return on investment, so we're gonna be putting him on TV and in marquee matches and all that kind of stuff. So at first when Shane said that I'm like you're you're out of your mind, but I'm like, you know what that does make sense though.
0: So did yeah. you ask for five times more?
1: No, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, I had, uh, well, I had my agent do it cause he, you know, he was also the agent for the motorcycle machine guns and stuff. And, uh, you know, as a tag team, they were valuable. So he, he was negotiating and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I said, you know, I'll field them out and see what they got and I'll come back to you. But I mean, we never even got that far. It seemed like, um, and then they called me up and said, and I had actually called my agent, and I said, "Hey, listen, they're not resigning me." And he goes, "What?" He had no idea. What? He's like, I'm, I'm, I, I i talked to them like last night. I said, and we were talking about you and all that kind of stuff. And then they called you today and said they're not resigning you. So I don't, I don't think it's anything my agent did, because he knows that I would have stayed with the company because I loved it there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it, it wasn't about the money to me. It was like I just loved." the company. I love wrestling. I love, you know, being with the boys and stuff like that. And it, it was a good atmosphere. Wow. That's,
0: that's hilarious. So it was, you've done a lot of indie stuff before you announced your retirement and hopefully coming back out. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. You could well, be the dude. Pete Rose of wrestling, not Pete Rose. You could be the Brett Favre of wrestling.
1: Bret Favre of Wrestling. Okay. You yeah. just, your gimmick. about the Pete Rose. Jeez.
0: Listen, your gimmick. <laughs> Never be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> your new gimmick should be retiring after every match and then coming back.
1: No, that's, uh, Terry Funk already has a gimmick.
0: Oh. <laughs> I guess you can't <laughs> steal that. Oh, um, no. no. W- were, um, there, were there any other promotions that you kind of wrestled with that you thought were pretty cool?
1: Yeah. Um, I liked, uh, Clash Wrestling, which was close to me, and they, uh, they allowed me to have a hand in the booking. It was just a, like a little local show, but I really liked uh, wrestling was, for them.
0: Was that the one I uh, came uh, and watched you at?
1: You know what? Yeah, I think so. In Taylor.
0: Yeah that that was yeah. the first time I've ever saw you wrestle, and then I became a fan of uh, who was Truth Martini. I became oh, a, I became a fan of his from watching that.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's good. He's a, he's a good character. Um, yeah, truth. He, he had a hand in uh, helping me out along the way as well. He
0: seems like a um, guy I'd like to just have a cigar or drink a beer with.
1: Oh, he's he's great to just to shoot the breeze with, man. He's hilarious. Oh. And his deep voice and stuff like that. Yes. I, I like that with truth. Um, so, yeah, there, there's Clash, Border City Wrestling, obviously. That was Scott Demore's promotion. Loved working there. Um, And then uh, House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamers.
0: Thing. Oh, I've heard of that.
1: Yeah, I, they got a they got a nice little show um going on there. It's it's really like blossoming and growing big now and stuff like that. How'd you meet him? Um, oh, the first time I ever met Tommy Dreamer, um it was at a Border City wrestling show actually, and it was when I was doing my had my first X Division title run when I was doing Team Canada. And Tommy Dreamer was actually a talent scout for WWE. And I went up, and I introduced myself to him, and he goes, Petey, I know who you are. He's like, you know what? If you ever find height steroids, give me a call, and you got a job. <laughs> I'm like, height steroids, you know? And this is back when everybody was big, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Height
0: steroids.
1: Yeah. And then, I um, I, and I, you know what? We were talking about this last time. The first time and the last time of stuff, the last time I ever spoke with him was uh, – I announced my retirement and this is currently while I'm working at his shows and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, not necessarily booked for the next show, but, um, he, he, he like always book me for the shows. You know, he, he would say like, keep November 15th open or whatever. And, uh, he actually called me up on my phone and he was like, he was like, Petey, why are you retiring? You know? And we, we had a little personal conversation he says, okay, well, I'm sorry to hear that. He's like, I'll tell you what if you ever decide to not retire or come out of retirement, you always have a job with me. Um, And I'm like, wow, man, that that was like, that's, that's really cool of him. And, you know, and he just tweeted out the other day, which meant a lot to me was, uh, you know, he's when I used to wrestle with like Alex Reynolds and um, Tony Neese, we used to have a bunch of three way match at house of hardcore. And he talks about how much he enjoys those matches and he wishes I never retired. And, all that kind of stuff. So you gotta
0: come out retirement.
1: Yeah, no, but uh, Tommy Dreamer, super good guy. Um, he used to make me stay at his house with him.
0: Make um, you stay?
1: Make make me. <laughs> I, I I don't know why. So he's like, yeah, you can sleep in my uh, my spare room. I'll he's buy. trying
0: to save money. That's why.
1: Oh yeah, like <laughs> I know that's what it is because he picks us all up from the airport and there's a bunch of us, and he gets all these hotel rooms. He's like, Petey. He goes, do you want to stay at my place or do you want a hotel room? And I'm like, oh man, I would really love a hotel room, but um, I said, hey, whatever you want. If you want to save money, I'll stay at your place. He's like, okay, you can stay at my place. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And uh, um, so I stayed in, you know, his spare room there and stuff like that. And he even, you know, the day of the show, he's like, man, I'm having trouble booking the show. What do you think? And I'm like, Tommy Dreamer's asking me, whoa, my opinion. So I mean, I thought that was pretty cool as well you know and obviously he's married to beulah um you know old ecw Mm -hmm. ring girl if you want to call her that um but i mean it's just super cool like even after the show he was like hey Petey," he's like i have to stay around here for a while to take care of some stuff you know because he was the booker of the show and he's like can you uh drive home with uh beulah and my kids he's like you're like one of the only few guys that i trust with my wife and i'm like dude I'm like I don't know what he sees in me, but I'm
0: I like, do. That's, that's,
1: I'm like that's pretty cool. And then I remember, you know, we're driving home, and uh, Tommy's he, Tommy has twin girls, and they're s- sitting in the back, or they're actually sleeping in the back seat. And Beulah and I are just shooting the breeze, and then she brings up the fact that uh, I don't know how it came up, but long story short, did you know that Tommy Dreamer's twin girls? Used to be on The Sopranos. What? Yeah, so... Which Soprano were they? They were... So Tony Soprano, his um, sister, Janice, in the show had a kid. Uh, Okay. And the twin girls played the baby. So she was telling me about how cool um, James Gandolfini is and stuff like that. How he would, like... He knew he had to do a whole day of filming with them. Mm -hmm. So he would, like, come to their trailer... And like dress up as Elvis and play a song and do puppet shows just so the girls would feel comfortable with him. So I'm like, wow, that, you know, that's that's going above and beyond and stuff. But I was like, right away, took a selfie with them, just sitting in the back seat. Well, you got up, to, right? Thing. You know, I was such a creeper, you know.
0: Hanging <laughs> out with Gandafini's kids.
1: <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Yeah. That's pretty neat. I think you should tweet them and say, you know, I'm starting to, I'm starting to change my mind.
1: Uh, yeah, and it's, it's good to know that I got work waiting for me if that's the case. I mean, that's not what I'm worried about. It's just the fact that having the drive and motivation to do it again, like I did before.
0: Yeah. But uh, you don't, you, I think at this point, and I think we do this every podcast and to me, it's still kind yeah. of fun. <laughs> I, you might get, be like, ah, oh, Jesus. But to me, it's fun. Cause I would feel, I'll, I'd feel like if I decided one day I was done podcasting and i'm i'm done that my friends would say ah, you still got the drive and the want come on you got to go back you, you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean but podcasting's not hard on your body oh you, know? you don't
0: know you don't know what i have to I mean, go through to get sitting in sitting
1: the... down in that chair all day jeez
0: i have to get in the podcasting shape, okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the podcasting booth yeah but is there a podcasting booth
0: kind of you've been in my podcast area <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: You no, go, that's a nice area.
0: Thanks. Right? It's the yeah. best, but I, I feel like you don't have to do it full time. You could still do it for fun and you're still young enough where maybe in another five to seven years, you would regret passing up the last fun run.
1: Yeah. And you know, now that, uh, like I didn't watch impact last night, but of course I, I read about it. Cause I, tried
0: most to of out us didn't.
1: And, uh, Sanjay's actually back as an on-air you know talent now so that's awesome and then Loki's back and um I remember Loki back when I used to work there at first I really didn't like working with him because you know sometimes he take liberties with you and I, I don't know if he was just trying to show whatever the case may be I didn't, really didn't like working with him at first but then by the end of his time with TNA he was like my favorite guy to work with um I don't know why we just had good matches and stuff. And he was, I don't know if he'd lightened up a little bit like, Oh, you know, I don't have to prove myself. These guys know who I am. We can work together now. I don't know what the case is, but he ended up being one of my favorite guys to work with, um, at the end of his, his TNA career, but he's back now. And I think, I think he won the X division championship last night. Hmm. I'm pretty sure, but he's awesome. And so there's a lot of good talent coming back. So, I mean, this definitely does help the cause and me making up my mind if I, I do want to go back. Uh, but, you know, I just got to hit the gym and stuff and I got to be ready to go back.
0: Let me let me ask you this. It, it, while we're talking about going back, we know you can go back and, and be an impact wrestler at Impact, no pun intended. Do yeah. you ever watch, like, 205 Live or or the, the cruiserweights and think, you know... I could do it at that level too.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't think there's much difference between the X division and the two hundred five live. I mean, look at the guys like um, Neville. I, I mean, I've wrestled Neville before. I and I remember Neville back when he was Pac, and he was like a hundred and thirty pounds, soaking wet, no build whatsoever. And you know, Austin Aries, like all those guys are the guys. They're interchangeable with, with the X-Division, I would say. Um, like, x Vision back when it was was good. So, yeah, definitely 205 Live right up my alley, too.
0: You wouldn't need height steroids for that.
1: Definitely not. No height steroids.
0: Because I feel like I would tower over Neville. He's not that tall, is he?
1: Um, No, he's about, he's maybe like a... Uh, uh, Inch or two taller I than me. It's it's hard to remember. I mean, I'm not looking up to him or down to him or anything. We're kind of like eye to eye.
0: His um, ears. But he
1: he's gotten like phenomenal shape. I mean, he is so jacked now. Um, I I don't know. Like I I saw him back in the pro wrestling gorilla days when he was had no build, you know, and he's wearing like jogging pants and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it was years went by, and all of a sudden he's in phenomenal shape. And I'm like, good for you, man. You know, good for you because. He probably knew that the shape he was in, it wasn't going to make him a star or even look like a star. And now he actually looks like a star.
0: Mm. Do you think your finishing move would have been banned by the WWE? Um, I, that's a weird
1: that, question, but I just kind that of. That's a weird question. But, uh, not a weird question. That's a good question, actually. Because I talked to other guys for it, about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can't go to WWE. They wouldn't let me use my move. And they're like, you know what? I bet you they would make an exception for you. And I'm like, nah, I don't think they would. And he's like, well, eh." some people are like, you couldn't do it. You you probably could. I see these guys doing reverse Ranas landing on their head. That's way more unsafe than my Canadian Destroyer. Like, Canadian Destroyer never hurt anybody, and it's, you know, I I think it's a safe move. I do it safely.
0: If Buff Bagwell can do it, anyone can do it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) What? No, you can't. Only I can do it.
0: Did, (laughs) did, Did Buff steal that from you?
1: Um, what would yeah, be, we talked about this last time, right?
0: Uh, uh, we never we nev- bring it up, no.
1: Yeah, because I, I said that uh, he wrestled that all-ego Ethan Page. Well, we talked I, about it, but we didn't talk yeah, about yeah.
0: your feelings on how, on how that went down. Um, Because that's your move. That's not like, oh, uh, I do the power driver, and he did the power driver. Or I do this, and now oh, he does this, yeah. and it's a common move a bunch of people have used. You're the only guy I've ever seen do that.
1: No, I, on the indies, everybody's doing it now. Now, Like, nowadays, like, everybody's doing it. But, you know, they they, they do it wrong. I, not, not wrong. They just don't. See, when I used to do my matches, I used to plan my whole match around that mood. So I mm. made it special. You know, and a lot of these guys, they don't tease or anything. They just do a Canadian Destroyer just to do a Canadian Destroyer. Whatever, if that's what they want to do. But... You know, I, I make sure, I, I knew going out in my matches that any other move I do, nobody is going to buy it as a, as a finish. I, I I just knew that. So when I, I, I would earlier in the false finishes, I would go for the Canadian Destroyer, get the people up and have the guy get out of it or whatever. And now since I went for it once, now, now, now people are thinking like, okay, this match could end any time now because I at least went for it once. People don't buy the finish unless I, I, I go for it at least once. So I, I used to go for that, and then I would hit my other false finish moves. So, yeah, I mean, you just have to be smart about planning around it so that the crowd isn't just waiting 15 minutes through a match for me to hit a Canadian Destroyer. So, you know, I, I wanted to take him, you know, through that, like, emotional roller coaster, like, oh, he's going for it, oh no, he Guy got out of it. Always oh, going for it again. Oh, the guy got out of it, you know. Oh, this could be it now. Nope, out of it or oh, I finally hit it.
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I put a lot of thought into it. I knew that was my bread and butter. I wasn't gonna, you know, try to say oh, I, I got a better move or anything like that. I, I knew that's what people wanted to see, and you know, I, I gave it to him and I worked around it.
0: You should, you should create a new different version of the create canadian destroyer now
1: everything's been done man there's moves now kids are doing that no, I, I say kids i'm so old now but there's moves now that wrestlers are doing and i'm like jeez man like this is getting crazy these aren't even realistic anymore
0: <laughs> it's made Not that of the canadian video.
1: destroyer is realistic
0: <laughs> it is you did it it makes it real
1: yeah i guess
0: all right, let's let's uh, wrap this up, promote, and uh, send us home, everybody home happy. PD, where can people find you on social media?
1: Uh, they can find me on Twitter at iPDWilliams, um, and then also I got uh, some t-shirts up on uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. dot com. And uh, well, I guess you talk about the Facebook stuff.
0: Yeah, because you don't, you haven't even liked our Facebook page. That's a slap in our face.
1: I I, I have two Facebook pages, but I just I never I, I might have three Facebook pages. <laughs> I just don't go on them. I, it's just. That's... Are
0: you catfishing someone? Geez. <laughs> no. I've no. got six. I'm an Asian girl, way. and. No,
1: I got one that's like personal, like right. Like Williams, you know, and then I have a, a wrestling one, and I think I made a fan page at one time, and, yeah, you know, I I'll make it a point to go on if I even remember my password, my login, and and like our. Uh, our wrestling perspective uh, podcast.
0: Yeah, you got to because I feel like we should start doing Facebook Lives when we start getting people to like that. And you could do your own Facebook Live. It's yeah, not hard. It's
1: mean, a great idea. And then, you know, people could send us questions. I want to. Absolutely. Hearing us two rant, ramble if they have something that they want my wrestling perspective on. See what I did there? Yeah, I wrestling. did.
0: I like that. Look at you being all <laughs> clever.
1: I, I used to love that. Like when you're watching a movie,
0: <laughs> and they, <and> they <laughs> slip the name they of the like, movie in. Let's
1: go. Back to the Future. I'm like, oh, they
0: said the title. They said
1: the title. <laughs> I like shiny <laughs> things. Oh, my yeah, God. But send the questions. Yeah.
0: We'll, we'll, we'll start doing more of that. And uh, as we said before, we're really excited to be part of Wrestling Inc. I know, PD, you've done some interviews with them when you were wrestling. And yep. and they're one of the biggest sites. And here we are now. So it's really excited to see you and I. Because let's be honest. You and I were like. Not many people are gonna listen, but it's gonna be fun and it'll give us something to do. And now people hey, are listening.
1: Yeah. I just like talking wrestling, man. I miss talking wrestling. I know my wife don't want to hear about it, so and uh so this is good. This is kinda kinda easing my uh addiction. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter, Dennis Seven Seven Feral, Wrestling Perspect- Perspective Podcast. Go like it. Like the wrestling ink. Facebook page, Twitter page, you go to their iTunes and Stitcher feed, like, subscribe, leave a comment, rate five stars, and go to the Wrestling Inc. website. You'll love it. I love it. They have Matt Morgan on Monday nights. This is becoming a TNA thing now. They've got Matt Morgan and PD Williams at the end of the week.
1: I guess it's a TNA thing. This is awesome.
0: You know what we need to do? We need to challenge uh, because the Monday night show has three guys, Raj, Glenn, and Matt. You and okay. I need to challenge them to maybe a handicap match.
1: Oh, no question. I'll I'll even tie one arm behind my back.
0: A little throwback. I like that. I feel like I could take Matt Morgan.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you Why don't you go try when you, when you talk to him? Yeah,
0: um, I'm gonna need to take everything steroids.
1: <laughs> okay, no more steroids.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening.